Hey, it's the Agency Growth Mastermind Podcast. We're pointing the way for agencies going from 1 million to 10 million in revenue. You know, we're generally talking to 1 million plus uh, agencies in revenue. We're, we're having an abundance mindset, a rising tide lifts all boats, niched focuses a lot of the time. And we're all doing our best to share as much value as possible. We consider this like a like a mastermind, but people have, you know, people are very busy, right? Smart people are very busy. Successful people are very busy. So what we're trying to do is have these conversations and scale them out so other people can listen to them and so that we're not just selfishly hoarding all this awesome mentorship. And today with me, we have Adam Prohl of Nordic Click Interactive. How you doing, Adam? Good, Tim. How are you doing? I am doing pretty well. I am super excited to talk with you today. We are talking about what tasks require a senior person versus a junior person and really how to find great employees. I guess these are kind of some of the subtopics. We'll be, we'll be talking about a lot of stuff today, but um, in particular, um, I've, got a, I've got a quote for, um, by you up in front of me right now. Uh -oh. Maybe you remember saying this, maybe you don't remember saying this, uh -oh. but um, you said, if I had to choose between a good client and a good employee, I'm choosing the employee. Yes. So uh, do you remember saying that? And what did you mean by that? If you do remember saying, I don't know if I remember saying that, but it sounds like something I would say. <laughs> so what makes you think that uh, let's, you know, so many small business marketing agencies, all these different people are, are really concerned about biz dev, right? We get really right. obsessed with biz dev. We get all these processes around it. We'll, we sometimes like are even like maybe even a little mean to our employees in the process of trying to like, retain clients, like we're trying to push people, right? So what makes you so obsessed with getting the right people in your agency? Without that, you really don't have anything. Um, if you don't have the right people, uh, the clients won't last. The clients won't stick around. You won't be able to get the right clients. Um, if you've got the wrong clients, and there have been times, I'm going to be honest, there have been times we've had clients that um, have been difficult to work with. I mean, every agency goes through that, right? And mm -hmm. um, I don't mind, you know, it's not, it's not so much having a client that I want clients that challenge me, that challenge our team, that challenge us to continually be better. But if you get a client that's just, you, you don't want, you don't want staff and employees to wake up in the morning and dread going to work, even if it's just, you know, downstairs in their pajamas now, these nowadays, <laughs> um, if they have to deal with a client that just isn't a good client to work with. And not, and not every client is, and that's okay. Um, some, not, you know, agencies, not every client's a fit for an agency. We're not a fit for every, we as an agency are not a fit for every client. Not every client's a fit for us, right? And I'm, yeah. I, I know that, uh, Tim, your, your agency is in a niche, and so you got very specific, specific, very specific niche you're going after. But even within that niche, it's probably like, you know what, there's probably some clients that just aren't for you for a variety of reasons, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, a couple um, of the filtering things that we use are uh, calm versus agitated. Right. So we we believe that if you're if you come in agitated, you're probably not gonna we're not gonna fix that. Right. Um, another one is we like growth oriented businesses because if they if we actually get them a marketing result, we want them to be able to grow to expand to be able to right um, take care of that business. And yeah, just basically don't don't uh, sign yeah. assholes. It's kind of the like. The, the yeah, thing for yeah, our, yeah. our salesperson. Exactly. I mean, you know, somebody smarter than me once said that the best thing you can do for your employees is to fire an asshole client, right? 
Yeah. So you got to be, uh, and, and I believe that. I, I do believe that. We have had a couple of cases where we've had to let a client go. And it's never an easy decision because, I mean, as an owner of the company, as the one who's responsible for uh, making sure everyone gets paid on time, right? Um, it's, a, it's never an easy decision to do that, but sometimes you have to. And I, I do, like I said, I don't know if I specifically remember saying that, but it does definitely sound like something I would say or write yeah. or post somewhere. Um, and I yeah. meant it. I, I do. Um, you know, I, I, there is, if you think about this, it's like, if you've got an employee who might manage, say, you know, 40 or $50,000 a month worth of business. Okay. Or yeah. whatever that amount is. And then you've got a client versus you're balancing that with a client that maybe brings in say five to $7,000 a month in business. That client goes away. It's like, yeah, it's, it's painful. You don't, it's tough to stomach. But if that employee goes away, all of a sudden, all that business that that employee manages, there's a risk there, right? Weak. There's a risk. Yeah. There's a yeah. risk because they've built up relationships. Um, they have this domain knowledge of the client's business because they've been working with them. Um, and also the employee, if the employee goes away, it's, it's very, it, it's tough to, turnover is, turnover is costly. Turnover is painful. There's a lot of hidden costs um, in turnover, you know, and that's Absolutely. A, it's, a, it's a, it's a challenging thing. You know, you spend, you, know, you start, you know, we're kind of at the beginning, you want to talk a little bit about like senior level versus junior level people. And, you know, I, I believe in a proper mix of both. I mean, one of the biggest challenges you have sometimes is if you have, it's the dilemma, right? Where it's like, if you, you can spend the time, you can spend the money, you can invest in junior level people and train them up, um, send them to conferences, send them to shows, send them training. Um, and then as soon as they get good enough, then you worry that they're just going to leave for a better job, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's always a risk. I think as an agency, you have to be cognizant of, of that, um, of, of once they do reach a certain skill level, then, you know, certainly, you know, you gotta, you gotta pay them. You gotta uh, promote yeah. them accordingly as they earned it. Now, I think it's also fair that then the expectations grow and change yeah. at that time. So, yeah. And I, okay. So this is, this has been our model, which is just, right. we've hired a little bit younger, but we hire for like hunger and drive and right. work ethic, but it's not, it's not really that obvious like it, people say that they have that no matter what. So right. like, it's hard to always know for sure whether they actually have that. And so we've tried and, you know, for the most part, we've been successful, but I'm very tired of training right now. Like I'm, right. I've, uh, and it, also at the same time, it, at a certain point, like we have 15 employees now, it's very difficult to really do that well. So at this point, I've kind of transitioned. I've enjoyed it. We've, we've, I think right. it's paid off as a risk, but then at this point, we have to get people that have been out of college for a little bit longer, just that mindset around like emotional maturity sure. and also just knowing that life is hard and work is hard, no matter what, no matter where you go, having some of that life experience, having worked for somebody else, maybe they've gone through that. And, and frankly, I wouldn't have been able to do that my first couple of years because we didn't have the budget to hire those people, but now I'm right. willing to spend another 10 or 20,000 a yes. year for those salaries because I have to, I, it's too tiring otherwise, basically. Like I can't, I can't actually keep on hiring super right. junior people and training them. And I also just don't have the time to train them. So that's, that's kind of where we've shifted as, as mm -hmm. we've got going on. But if somebody was like, just starting their agency or something like that. I think you have to do some junior and train. I think at this point I have to do some senior and yeah. like, and like take some of that 
off of my plate, the training thing. We grew early on um, a lot with also hiring. There were some junior level people, but also some contractors. So yeah. a contractor that you pay 60, 70, 80, even, you know, 90 bucks an hour to um, who top of their game, really know their yeah. stuff, but somebody yeah. that could also um, kind of mentor the junior level people. That's good. And, so, That's and good. so that can be effective way too. I did learn a trick with uh, uh, people uh, hiring people fresh out of college or recently out of college with little experience. And I learned this actually almost thanks to, uh, thanks to COVID. So I've got, I've got two college age kids. And so back in March, they, they, they both were stuck at home. They came home from college and both of them were complaining about group projects that they were assigned. Yeah. And if you if you think back to your high school, college days, anytime when, when you had to do a group project, it sucked. I mean, you were, you were in a group of four or five people and there was like one or two people that did all the work and the other ones just rode along. Right. And it sucked. Yeah. And so yeah. Both my kids were complaining. They're like, I don't know why we have to do these group projects and have our grade partially dependent upon this when basically one or two people, I end up doing all the work. And then I'm just like kind of smiling and it kind of came to me and I look at my daughter and I'm like, well, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> honey, that, honey, that's life. I said, oh, you're going exactly. to get into a job environment where you're going to be assigned some kind of a project, some kind of a team project. And you're going to, there might be eight or 10 people on the team. You're going to find that it's two or three people that do the bulk of the work. Yeah. <laughs> And that's just, that's just life. And so what I want is I, I've kind of, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to hire somebody young, because you mentioned there are things you hire for things that you can't train, you can't train a work ethic, right? You can't train values and morals, either you have them or you don't. Yeah. Um, I want the kids that um, did all the work in the group projects because they're the self-starters. They're the ones that are going to take the initiative, right? I don't mm -hmm. want the kids that just rode along. So I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how do I better, uh, how do we better incorporate that into interview questions? Is it something like, you know, tell, yeah. me about a, tell me about a group project you were on and why you hated it <laughs> you know, <laughs> and yeah. trying to probe deeper in that. But it's like, if I think about, if I think about the person I want, I want that person who worked on the group projects and, yeah. uh, and, and uh, did all the work. So. Exactly. And there's like this, uh, this element of, you can kind of tell. I think sometimes with uh, candidates, we see red flags and we ignore them because of whatever reason they're charming or something like that. I or, think you're just, or you're just desperate. Sometimes yep. you're desperate to get yep. someone in. Exactly. Like I'm sick of, I think that's something we have to watch. Like yeah. I'm sick of sorting through all these candidates. Sometimes right. it's 100, 200, 300 candidates. Like, and I've, we've sorted, we've filtered them three times and I still don't, I'm not excited about it. Does that mean we hire? Or does that mean maybe it's just not the right time? That's kind of where I'm at. Um, in some cases, like I just, you can't force it. You can't, no. you can't like, if you yeah. have a role and you just, and you really want to fill it, but there's just not the right fit. It might just be a weight situation, not a like, let's shove, shove a square peg in a round hole situation, you know? Yeah, you're almost better off at that point of just having, even if it could be, even if it might make your profitability suffer some in the short term, you're almost better off having a network of, you know, professional freelancers that you could just, you know, pass off some work to. Um, it's like, yeah. hey, you know, we got these projects, we can't fill them right now, I need your help. And you might have to pay the contractor a little bit more um, yeah. because you can't find the right person internally. And that's okay. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. It's not, it's yeah. way more, um, you know, it's, it's, the wrong hire can really set you back. I mean, you think about it. Oh yeah. And then it takes so much emotional energy. 
It does. It 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 can it can it can set you back a year or more. Yeah. You think about it. So that's that's harsh but true. So um, we think about the types of tasks. Let's let's kind of delineate this where we've got the types of tasks that you really do need a senior person for, or the types of tasks that maybe other people can handle. So what types of tasks do you think are, uh, are really senior level only basically? Well, if I, I guess, oh, I don't know. Um, you know, there's a lot of, to me, it's almost like you think about something like reporting, right? So reporting, I mean, there's obviously so many ways to automate reporting and things like that, but even, even with a lot of automated reporting capabilities like in Data Studio or whatever you know, visualization tool you use, there's still always some kind of a manual work in reporting. To me, yep. that's, that's absolutely something that a junior level person can be taught to do. Anything that okay. you need someone, anything that can be, anything that needs to be done like in a spreadsheet or pulling numbers or things like that, that's something that a, a junior level person can do. The analysis the client presentation, the, that's something you need someone with a senior level expertise, someone who's been around the block, someone who, who knows, you know, anything that's kind of like the what, which is like, you know, filling in numbers in a spreadsheet or doing some basic keyword research as if you're, if you're basically, it's like, okay, hey, hey, here's these, here's these key, here's these set of core keywords, go do some keyword research on this. That's a junior level person type of a, a task, but taking that finished project, that product, and then looking at it and then diving a little bit deeper and understanding how it applies to the specific business, whether or not you know, the, the context is there, that's something that's more of a senior level person, what to do with it. Right? Would you say what that's the why or the how? And um, you, kind of, you said the what. Well, so yeah, do. yeah, you're right. I guess, I guess when I'm thinking the... Um, well, that's really the um, kind well, of the how. It's a little it's bit kind of the how, but it's a little bit of the why too. When I think about it, because it's like yeah. it's, taking this is like, well, here's why. Here's why it matters. Here's why you should. And care about it. I mean, and ultimately, that's kind of like your your most like senior level people in your organization and us, right? right? Like as owners right. and as like the ultimate strategists, whoever is running that process. So right. like the the account executives, the people up at the top that are really making the strategy happen. Why did we choose this? strategy and um and why do we apply it to this type of client that's kind of like the ultimate senior level activity and then the how might be those those senior level strategists etc specialists right i i think on the ultimate senior level strategist you might be there's one other thing i would add to that and that is not only can you um can you formulate the strategy can you can you explain it in simple terms to someone who's not initiated that's the hardest part, I right? think. Honestly, that, that really part. is the hardest part because right. ultimately, like, I know I trust all of our SEOs right now in particular. We have, we have a lot of SEO, right? Um, all of our SEOs to know why we do things, to know how we do things, and to know what to do, and they can do it very well and even explain it in detail. But yeah. can they explain it simply? That's the hardest part because ultimately at the end of the day, what our clients want is confidence and simple terms is part of confidence. Like, and also just knowing with uh, that for sure, this does work over time. Right. And I think our, I think all of our SEOs are starting to like, you know, they, they're getting in that rhythm and stuff like that. We have still pretty young people, two, three years, that kind of thing. But um, 
they they do have that confidence i think now that it works but it's ultimately like they're they get challenged by clients especially like like let's say weird clients that are like kind of feisty at, towards the beginning they don't they haven't seen enough real result yet and you know seo takes a long time right right it's such like a hard thing because it's like we know this works but like can a can a can an SEO strategy, like how, how hard do we need to sell this to you in month three, four, five while it's kicking in and not quite there yet? That's the hardest part because it's it's not really that smart to sell it to them so hard that like when they get 100% more traffic year over year, they're still dissatisfied, right? Like right. that's a hard, that's a hard thing. And you know, another, you know what, I'd like to just kind of go off topic here for a second and kind of talk through Let's something do with you. Maybe just commiserate. Think about clients. How many times have you had clients that you're getting really great results for them and you still got fired? Has that happened to you? You're uh, you become a victim of your own success, right? Because yeah, uh, either it uh, well, or it's sometimes you're a victim of your own success because uh, they they have the budget to all of a sudden bring in their own teams to, to, yeah. grow, to grow an internal team. Uh, no, we've also had cases messed up something on like communication. Like we've had situations recently where we kind of messed up something on like the, like the like kid gloves or like, you know, we're, sure. we're like, there's eggshells a little bit around like a particular thing, even though we've got 300% more traffic and it, you know, hundred percent more leads year right. over year. We, we messed it up because they, they were like fragile a little bit and we messed, we, we did something wrong and like the posting of content or something like that. Um, so that's been tough for us too, a little bit where we were getting good results, but our, we're such like a, we're a workhorse agency and we're also like a bull in a China shop sometimes. Cause we're like gotcha. aggressive, but we're not like super deep. Like I wouldn't say hook agency is super detail oriented and to the perfection we right. are aggressive and we get a lot done and we get a good a good result but then when it comes down to like very minute details i think we are a little worse at that so that's kind of like something we struggled with where we'd lose a client because of some of that stuff or like because we didn't say something right um even though we were getting good results so that's just something we've gone through recently i'm sure somebody else out there can commiserate with that but yeah probably i think um I mean, sometimes for us, it ends up being maybe like a relationship thing where where um, sometimes we'll we'll be humming along just fine, and a client will be getting great year yep. over year results. Clients happy, management's happy. Um, then someone retires, someone leaves, someone changes jobs, mm. and then yep. you have to come in and and all of a sudden a, a new CMO comes in or a new VP of marketing or a new C, a new management comes in, and they're like, okay, well, who are these guys? Who are these clowns? I've already got my own team. Um, or I've got, or sometimes a, a company will, will do really well and then a company will get acquired. And so acquisitions Ooh, are, acquisitions yeah, are big yeah. in our world too, where it's like, Hey, guess yeah. what? The, the company did so well, they got acquired and, uh, the company they got acquired by, they've already got a big agency of record. And so, or they just out. have a bunch of in-house people and, we're, and we're having really one of those conversations. Yeah. And that's just, that's just, yeah. that's honestly, I've just learned to accept that as kind of the normal course of business, yeah. right? It just, it happens. And that's kind of why I get back to my, you know, I, I think. I'm going to, I'm going to circle back to the, sure. the uh, employee being more valuable than the client, because um, I've said this over the years too. It's like, you know, sometimes like, Hey, look, clients come and go. They just, there's always some, there's always a client coming on. There's always a client maybe going for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, either their you know, business is winding down or they're just having trouble in the market or whatever I said, but it's the employees that really give the stability, give the stability. So, yeah. So it's that, but yeah, yeah, we've, yeah. we've definitely been there now. We have had cases where 
Uh, we've also we've we've also had other cases where we've done really well for a client. Um, the engagement, all of our big engagements. Here, here's another food food for thought item for you. Like all of our big engagements start out small. Every single mm-hmm. large enterprise level client we've had, we have um, started out the first couple months. They were relatively small, and mm-hmm. so when I'm trying to, and it seems to work. We don't. It's hard to sign a client. Uh, to sign this new client and all of a sudden get, you know, thirty to forty thousand dollars a month from them right out of the gate. It's kind of hard to do. Mm-hmm. And yep. so what you'll end up getting is you'll end up getting some smaller clients or some clients that maybe they're they're larger organizations. They're not like they're the sweet spot where maybe they're a, they're the, they're the size of an organization you want that can that has the kind of budgets where they can grow to a good size client for you. Um, and then you set yourself up to be able to grow with them. And then your job kind of shifts a little bit. I mean, we've had some of the most successful engagements we've had with clients have been where maybe when we start out, we're doing, when we start out, maybe we are the marketing department. We're the entire marketing department. We're doing everything for them. We're doing their email. We're doing their analytics. We're doing all their paid search. We're doing all their SEO. We're their web dev team, things like that. Um, then first thing they oftentimes do is maybe the first thing they'll do is they may hire some kind of a creative person, like a graphic, like a designer, or maybe a writer or something like that. Okay, no problem. Then, they, then it makes sense for them. They're doing enough volume in email, so they want to hire somebody on to do a lot of the tactical work in email. Well, you might think, well, that's bad for us because we were doing their email, so then we lose that piece. It's like, well, we lose some of the tactical piece, but as they grow and as they grow their program, their emails get much more sophisticated. And so mm-hmm. then our tactics shift a little bit, shift a little bit both to the strategic standpoint, helping them kind of plan this out strategically, and then doing a lot of the back-end development integration work on setting up the automations, the triggers, things like that, marketing automation, stuff like that. So we've had, we've had a lot of engagements that have worked out like that. And that's yeah. a great way for us to look at things. And so that's just, that's just what's really worked for us. And so nice. I don't know if that's something that would work for you guys, because I know you guys work a lot with, you guys do a lot of uh, roofers and construction firms, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So over half of our clients are in home improvement. Um, we have a good amount of medical and, and some like like software and B2B stuff too. Um, We, yeah, I'm looking at, uh, looking at probably a little bit, like sometimes like we get into clients where they're, let's say on the, on the edge of construction, like Mm -hmm. um, some more like commercial construction type stuff. Like it tends, we're starting to get in a little bit bigger clients just, or like materials those types of things work or occasionally busting into stuff like that. And right. it's kind of fun to see those. Cause I will say sometimes small businesses are a little exhausting um, just they because be. they're um, not because they're, it, it's not even because they're not that sophisticated. Sometimes it's just because they like the professionalism is a little low sometimes. And I, I, I feel like I, I grew up in my marketing career on, on small business so yeah. I feel bad saying it, but there is something about that where it's like, it's nice to work with people that are prof- like just acting professional and aggressive, like part of bigger business, they're bigger because a lot of times they've been more aggressive and they've been conscientious and they've worked. So it's, you're not a bad person because you, you're in a mid-sized to bigger business, right? Like sometimes you worked right. your butt off and now you, you're winning, you know, that's not the worst thing ever. Um, so, and it's hard to it's hard to sort through small businesses and like look at like which one of these has really got the potential to scale. Like that's hard to be that. Sometimes you're a little bit of like a, a shark tank 
with your, your like prospects. You're like, this one looks like it's going to like actually push. This right. one doesn't. Let me ask you this. That's harsh. So, I'm being harsh. One, one thing I've gotten better at, better just much better disciplined at, is the sales discovery process. And yeah. so I got, um, and so I, I, I kind of got schooled in that a few years ago. And of course, it, it, it takes a little time to change uh, the behavior of a well-established adult. But I've learned to, I've learned <laughs> to do a better job and ask the right questions up front when we're, yeah. when we're talking to a prospect. Sure. Um, what kind of questions do you ask? Because well, number one, I, I think, so. One of the questions that a lot, a lot of times agencies don't um, think about is like, well, tell me about your past experience working with agencies. How many yeah. agencies have you worked with in the past, uh, you know, in the past few years, for example? Yeah. You know, there was one, uh, I, I interviewed one client one time and one prospect and turns out they've worked with four agencies in the past four years. And so yes. I'm like, okay, not all of them can be bad. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> no, good. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one, at least one, maybe even two, but four out two, of four. Two is possible. Two is possible, but they can't Three? all be bad. Yeah, okay? yeah. That might, <laughs> there might be point, a common denominator here. And so it's like, so why do you think those don't work? That, why, do you, why do you think those didn't work out? <laughs> yeah. You start to exactly. probe a little bit deeper, then it's like, you know, this, I don't think it's really going to work out. Yeah, um, we're I not going to fix all the problems right. you've ever had with agencies. It's going to be you hard can, for us If you can that. move forward and understand to them, it's like, you know, thinking about, it's like, look, tell me in your terms, what does success look like? It's, it's, it's like, if you look, if, if, we, if we sign with you and we, we work together, if you look back a year from now, for you to be able to say, hey, the best thing we ever did was hire a NordicWick, what would it take? In your yeah. mind, what would it take for you to say that? You know, yeah. I think um, I ask that question a lot. And I love that one because it also helps them imagine, right? It helps them right. imagine working with you and what that would be like. I think that that's right. a good kind of mental exercise. Well, and also it might help you if uh, if somebody say if if uh, if you've got a uh, you know a home builder that says, "Well, I want to rank number one on Google for home builder," and you're yeah. like, oh, "Whoa, okay, yeah, <laughs> I need to set your expectations here." <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, totally. Um, okay, so you know you talk about. Well, you've talked about a previous podcast. Sorry, I did a little research here. Um, you did. Okay. The satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I did, and somebody did for okay. me. So okay. the big satisfaction in hiring hiring staff and then seeing them grow as professionals. What are some like examples in your experience of like seeing staff grow as human beings, and why is that so satisfying to you? You know, it um, it's you're doing something that's greater than yourself. Um, the first time that when you have, when you hire somebody and maybe this, if, if this has happened to you yet, then great. But the first time that you hire somebody or the first time that one of your employees um, buys a house, gets a mortgage or has a child or does some kind of a life milestone. And then it kind of gives you an extra sense of, hmm, I'm kind of, you know, this person's livelihood is in part based on, you know, my ability to make good decisions for the business. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. it's also, it's something that's really cool to see. Um, I think from a professional standpoint, you know, I've had cases where, you know, I mean, in the last year, one of our uh, last year, one of our employees um, got just has gotten to speak at a couple of conferences, you know, at uh, SMX and uh, PubCon. And that was a very satisfying thing just to be able to see somebody step up and do that. And Absolutely. You know, a couple, year or two ago, one of our employees, um, there was a I write for search. I do. I write for Search Engine Journal, uh, like every other month, and so one, and so they, uh, the editor asked if um, um, anyone would be interested in write, writing some kind of a local search thing. And I'm like, well, I'm not qualified to write that, but I know somebody on my team who is. 
And so I asked him if he wanted the opportunity and he jumped at it. And so he wrote it and got some good, uh, good response. And so that was, that was very satisfying to see, you know, it's, it's, it's just gratifying to see things like that. Um, I don't know. It's just, I guess it's just kind of part of being a good human, right? You want to be able to see people that you um, believe in do well. So, and, and there's also a certain satisfaction when you, when you realize that, um, I mean, you know, one of our employees right now is they're building a house out in Woodbury. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. You know, mm-hmm. we hired this guy when he was probably about a year out of college and, you know, and he, uh, he, he sent, uh, sent a note saying, hey, thanks for taking, taking a chance on a shaggy haired kid <laughs> from Wisconsin. And so it's, it's very gratifying to see, uh, see him like uh, that. build a house. So that's huge, man. And I think like, even just for me, just, it's useful to uh, just imagine that for, you know, like I said, we have younger employees and stuff like that, but just to imagine over time that, that happening and how that, I mean, that's motivating for me for sure. Um, Something I've struggled with, I'm just going to go real, real for a second. So it's as useful to as many people as possible, including myself. Um, It's weird at a certain point at, in your agency, uh, well, the hustle used to be something that if I hustled, if I hustled at them for, let's say, three days in a row, I really pushed, I could see the needle move in my business. I could see it move. Hustle doesn't quite do as much as it used to. It's a bigger ship, right? Like we're kind of, we're wielding a bigger ship. And the only thing I can do to get the ship to move is like, I have to motivate people on my team. And I have to like, make sure the right processes are in place. Otherwise it's like, I've got the rudder in the wrong direction and I'm the, I'm cranking the motor. I'm going to be spinning in circles. Right. So like this idea of it's, it's kind of like I'm, I'm mourning. I'm mourning. I'm sad. It's difficult. And it's been a weird year and it's been tough. Um, I'm mourning the loss of like the fact that hustle used to do a lot more in my business. And I'm having to like come to terms with this struggle of like, I have to motivate people and, and, um, and make sure there's process processes and motivation. Like I have to like do, I have to think bigger. I can't just work three 16 hour days and fix my business. You know, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird world. How do you get over that hump? Like, I know you've been probably hustle doesn't scale, right? Hustle does not scale. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't scale. Um, you know, I think number one, it's like, if you find, you know, number one, it's like, you, you always have to be, you always have to be on the lookout for people that are, you believe are smarter than you or people who, um, I, I only want to hire people who I believe are smarter than me. Right. And so I'm like, you know, just hire people who are smarter than me. Um, I, I th- when it comes to the processes and things like that, as far as letting go, I mean, you're, you're experiencing something that every entrepreneur does, right? It, I mean, it's, it's your baby. And so, you know, no one knows it like you, no one is, no one is as vested as you, right. In your baby. Um, so it's, so obviously you're most passionate about it and you have, you're, you're motivated most to do the hustle and, but it isn't, it, it is not sustainable. Um, I think the, um, and I say this to somebody, look, I'm, we're not perfect at this. I don't know anybody who is. And so I, you know, and, and plus this, as you said, it's been a weird year. <laughs> if we were talking about a, a year ago, asking for all those, 
all of your 2020 predictions were out the window by, you know, by March, yeah. right? It's like nothing yeah. happened as we thought it was going to happen. Um, I have found that there are things that are, I'm, I'm a big believer in checklists, um, even just like, you know, it's, it's, it's simple. If you go back to like the, the 1970s, it's like air travel became a, a, a whole lot safer when all these regulations came in place about having these checklists for mechanics, yep. pilots, for flight attendants. Checklist manifesto. Did you read that book? I haven't read it. I've heard about it, but I haven't. Uh, read it's, it. it's it's basically a lot about that, and it basically it that. helped. Yeah, yeah. Right, and so I and so the thing is, you, you start you start almost. It's almost like you start with that. It's like okay, think about all the things in your business. What are the things that, what are the things that should be a part of a checklist? Not everything is, um, but I mean, our our business is part art and part science, right? And it's it's hard to create a checklist for the art part, uh, but for the certainly the scientific part, the measuring part, the numbers part, the stuff that's just a here's a task that needs to be done every day or once a week or once a month or something like that. Um, it's easy to create that, that sort of a process and that, that the kind of the way of doing things. I mean, you know, we've got, we've got kind of a, you know, a, a Nordic way of doing things, which is kind of a series of checklists and a series of tasks. And here's what we do. Here's the cadence we do, you know, with this type of a client. And so I think it's, you know, if you can, if you don't have that, I would recommend, you know, mm -hmm. putting that together, taking the time to put that yeah. in. And, and, and then to get your people motivated, it's like, pick the people, pick some of the people who do it best, ask them to build it. Say, Hey, can you yeah. help me, help me build this checklist? It's like, it's like based on, and, and by the way, don't be shy. If you think that there's something we're missing here that we're not doing as good as we should, then let's talk about it. And yeah, maybe we add it, add this to your checklist and then, and then, and then give them the task of maybe, you know, somebody who's a little bit more senior level or mid or senior level to kind of train them up, give them the task of owning it owning that yep. checklist and, and maintaining it. It's like, Hey, here's your task. Your task is to own and maintain this because we got to scale. Uh, I have to, I, I, Tim Brown have to go out and find more business. You know, yep. I have to go out and yep, exactly. you know, try to try to guide this company to the next level. So is this helping at all? Absolutely. Yep. Um, I just, you broke up there for one second there. Yeah, but, you um, did too. So you did too. I don't know if it was yes, me or you. The, sorry. Absolutely. So I agree with you 100%. I think that's super good. Um, those, the, the hardest part I think with, with, cause we have like a, um, a wiki, which is kind of like standard operating sure. procedures is just making sure also that those get used, right? Like we have check, it's just making sure those get used. And then also, um, yeah, when we were, you know, we're trying to figure that out. So anyways, these are very good things. And I think checklists is a really good way to, to push on it too, because it, like the how-to guides or whatever um, sometimes become just like management chaff that doesn't get used. But I think a checklist is a little bit more actionable, specific, that kind of thing. Um, no, yeah, this has been super helpful. I think to me, just a mindset wise thing, just that, that reminder that a good employee is, is better than a great client in a lot of ways. So I think that's huge. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. You want great clients too. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. No, I'm certain. I know you weren't saying that naively though, but I think it's yeah. a good kind of like mindset shifter too. And then also, um, I think we talked, we talked about the biz dev, the questions. I think we, you know, we've talked about a couple other things that I think will be super useful to people. Um, can I just give you, can you give a kind of a explanation real quick of your guys's ideal types of customers? Just mindset wise, I like to like give everyone an opportunity because I, I have had a lot of niched clients on this thing. And I just want to like, almost like 
make sure that we have like the referral conversation at the end of each of these. So if you're this type of, if you see this type of client and it's not your fit, talk to Adam about it. There's some specific types of clients that you guys handle very well or specific needs that you guys are good at. Sure. We, we you know, our, our best, our best clients. I mean, we have, we have, a, we have, we have some SMB clients. We have some enterprise level clients. I'd say clients that we really, I would consider to be a sweet spot would be, you know, if it's a company that's somewhere between that 50 and $500 million uh, organization um, that is looking to take their marketing to the next level. We do, we do both B2B and B2C. We do a lot of okay. we focus. We do, we, we're really good at specific working within specific technologies as well. So like um, we do a lot of work in Salesforce marketing cloud. Okay. So a that's lot of good. clients that um, w- funny thing is we end up becoming the cheap part of that equation because Salesforce marketing cloud is a, uh, uh, it's, it's a technology that's a, it's, you gotta, you gotta have deep pockets to, to be able to afford that. Yeah. It's probably about a half million. Yeah. I just decided to a half million dollar a year yeah. license. Right. So if we can, okay. if we can support that and help them uh, build it and build, build some backend uh, hooks and um, integrations and things like that, we become the cheap part of that. Also, it's awesome. being able to being able to understand how uh, how to work within certain platforms like Sitecore and um, Kibo and Adobe and things like that. Um, that can awesome. be very valuable for certain clients too. So we're because um, um, I don't we don't even touch that. So if somebody yeah. came to me and said Sitecore, actually we have worked with a client like that, yeah. but in general we're not signing right. new clients like that. So right. like, hey, if you're if you're in Sitecore, if you're in uh, if they're in Salesforce Marketing Cloud. If you said Kibo is another one, Kibo Commerce, yeah. Talk to yeah. Adam, and talk to uh, the guys over. What? Um, what's your guys' URL? Nordaclick.com. www.nordaclick.com. So two. C's you guys have been OGs in the Minnesota market for a long time. I've, I think I've been kind of looking up, uh, looking up to you guys for a long time. So I appreciate you having this conversation with me. Is there anything else you want to say to people before we sign off? No, I just, uh, hey, it's uh, thanks for having me, Tim, and appreciate good talking to you, and keep posting good stuff on LinkedIn. I'm a fan of yours, so. Awesome. I appreciate that very much. All right. Thanks, Tim. Um, thank you so much. Bye, everyone.